Welcome to the You Creative Show. This is our third podcast. My name is Chris Bevan. Joining me is Joshua Johnson. And we're on a... Oh, wow, this is the worst intro ever. Let's keep it. Yes. We're talking about your wildly important purpose versus the whirlwind or the wind or the rest of the world, as we, we call it, basically. And this is the third podcast in a series of podcasts where we talk about keeping motivated as an artist. The very first one was all about identity. Second one was about commitment. Now we're bringing it down to practical terminology and we're dealing with the rest of the world that always wants to get in the way of what we're trying to do as creatives. So hopefully with this podcast, we can bring up some ideas, um, maybe shed some light on some things maybe you guys need to change, and hopefully some HOWs, some hows to how to deal with it. Awesome intro, man. Awesome intro. Yeah, like, okay, so up to this point, it's really been about identifying what you want to achieve and how you're, how you're going to achieve that. And today we're bringing it really into how to rub those ideas up against reality because the rest of the world might not have the same plans you do. And that's okay because your plans are more important. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stephen Pressfield in the war of art defines all of these outside events the rest of the world as resistance but there's a lot of internal resistance too and what we're hoping to do today is identify those things because as exciting as it is to start a new project and have a big purpose for that project you're going to encounter resistance or the rest of the world and we want to help you tame that resistance. Yeah, you know, one, one part about this that I want to talk about, which is, is actually right in line with Stephen Pressfield uh, and the War of Art, because I'm actually, I, I just read Do the Work, I'm holding up the book right now, Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield, I'm, I'm getting through Turning Pro, and then after that, Artist Journey, you know, and actually I don't have the War of Art, I need to buy that, and read it again, because what I love about these books, and if you don't like reading, read his books because they're short, they're punchy, that he gets right to the point. It's not just massive amount of text or whatever. But back to resistance. When I turned pro, look into turning pro and Stephen Pressfield's book on what that actually is because it's pretty complex, you know, but basically getting serious about your work. When I got serious about it, that is when all kinds of things came out of the woodwork and, and I felt was getting in the way of me being my most creative self as an artist. And this is what resistance is. And there's a ton, well, not a ton, there's many types of resistance. And it's all about recognizing what they are in your life and what forms they take. For me, it was video games, not planning my time well, not getting enough sleep, you know, not meditating, not eating right, kidney disease, all kinds of stuff, you know, was getting in the way of me being my most creative self. But Stephen Pressfield lists them as this. These are the types of resistance. Now this isn't some nebulous thing, resistance as this dark god or something like that. No, it's just his word for a bunch of different things that can happen in your life, such as fear and self-doubt, that's what keeps us amateurs. Fear. Definitely watch out for that one. Procrastination. Oh my gosh. I procrastinated <laughs> for 38 years of my life. Addiction. Yep, me too. Distraction. All the time. Timidity. Yeah. 
ego. Wow, that, that one always creeps up on me. Self-loathing, perfectionism. Oh my gosh, getting over that one. It's a, it's a daily struggle kind of thing. People, yeah, and that's it. That's the list. And it's kind of important to note here that this isn't exactly a master list, but it is a really good starting point. Oh, yeah. uh, all of these things are, are huge contributors to resistance or detractors from your creative pursuits. Uh, either way to think of it works equally well. <laughs> but yeah. these, are, these are like the really big ones. Yeah, because, you know, you can't... Uh, defining them in broad terms, I think, is better than, than going into very specifics, right? My cat right is resistance because <laughs> he needs to get fed all the time although he's sitting in his box really nicely right now and just kind of chilling there good boy but we can't say animals right we have to we a bit more broad about that he is distraction so he fits within the distraction thing but do you think josh we should go through each one and kind of give an idea at least in our lives or some examples of what they are and try and keep it quick and punchy what do you think yeah yeah let's let's follow his example though so let's Let's just go yeah. through each one and give a quick example. We can go back oh. and forth if you want. Yeah, you start with fear, and then I'll go with the next one. Okay. Fear and or self-doubt. Uh, that's a huge one. Mm. And it was, it was something that I really struggled with starting my tattooing career because I knew that I was going to suck, and I didn't want to. But mm. accepting that I was unfortunately going to put out some work in my first leg of my tattooing career it was something that i had to accept and uh, just let people know in advance you know hey i'm just starting out but overcoming that fear was really the point when i turned pro on on tattooing specifically but it's it's a difficult one i, I apprenticed twice before i actually started tattooing because I was afraid of messing someone up for life. That's kind of major, but <laughs> yeah. it's still a good example, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great example. I mean, because that is probably the fear that stops most artists. Oh, what are people going to think? How is this going to look? Oh, this sucks. You know, I'm not going to release it. Man, you know, this is a daily thing. Congratulations. You're human. We all deal with it. Even the most accomplished artists, you know, that probably are in museums or whatever, still feel the same thing. It's something we battle every single day. One that I battled, and the next one on the list, is procrastination. I know this is huge. Each one of these, I'm going to say, is just big for everybody because we all know it. It is part of our lives. But for me, procrastination really came in the terms of video games, right? Online media, movies, TV shows, right? Netflix binge-watching. But mainly it was online video games. I was big into MMOs. And even today, you know, and this goes into the next one, which is addiction. I still get that urge. I'm like, oh, I can jump online. But you know what? Once you turn pro, right? We, we can get into that some other time. But once you make the decision, right? Get in touch with your identity. Make the commitment. Like we said on, on the last podcast, these things have to go. You understand that, wow, this is not serving my wildly important purpose. The most important part of this podcast is getting in touch with that wildly important purpose and contrasting it with the things in your life that are not allowing you to get there. Procrastination is that. You ever know that you should be, should, there's a should word, you know that you could be or would like to do your artwork 10 minutes, 
five minutes, 30 minutes of drawing, whatever it is, or eight hours of painting, yet, eh, let's watch another show. Procrastination? It's easy, man. Let's not take the easy route. If we want to make it to our wildly important goal, you have to get over that procrastination and, and make a move forward into your best self, into that identity. And that's, that's procrastination. Well, that's one form of procrastination. And since you sort of broke the rhythm of going down the list, I'm going to do the same thing. But I'm going to jump on procrastination in another way and jump a little further down the list and combine that with perfectionism. That's something that I think you and I both struggle with as well. I want the perfect conditions for my creativity. I like having okay. the perfect setup and I love doing the research, but that stops me from taking action when I know I should sometimes. So I think a lot of these could, could go along with procrastination, Yeah. but honestly it, addiction and perfectionism, I think align with procrastination the closest, but yeah, per perfection is another really big one for me personally. I, I really love to control my environment, even though my environment is by definition outside of my control. It's just within my influence, but I, I love having yeah. as much control over my environment as possible. And that keeps me from doing sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they work together really well. It's one of those things, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Right after I, I read more about colors or right after I figure out this material a little bit more, or I get a little bit more of art history, you know, this kind of thing. Perfectionism, no. Done is better than perfect. And besides, perfect is an infallacy. You can never reach it, right? Yeah, I, I think it was Tony Robbins that said, perfection is the lowest standard because it's impossible. Thank you, <laughs> I, I was gonna say that. I was gonna actually ask you, what's the Tony Robbins quote? Because I love that. You know, the no, lowest standard possible you can go for is perfectionism because you can't, you can't reach perfect. None of us are perfect, you know? Yeah. But, but I will say this, um, and I can't remember who said it. Uh, I think it's one of, one of the coaches, one of the basketball coaches. It sh like, shoot for perfection, you know, the guiding star, and you'll reach excellence. You know, so we're, we want to go that route, but that's not the end goal. You know, addiction... Um, I kind of talk about that with procrastination. And I think the biggest addiction that we all have right now is digital media. I mean, I, I still listen to an audiobook right now when, when I'm doing some drawing or painting. And I know that I would be better off if I was listening to music that didn't have any words to it, that I could get deeper into focus. But I'm enjoying the audiobook right now. Um, so figure out your level. But now the addiction that I did get rid of was four hours of video gaming every single day and jonesing for it all the time. You know, that pulled away from my art com completely. You know, it was not serving me right. So whatever you're addicted to, recognize that. Recognize if it's pulling your focus as well as your time away from your wildly important purpose and then make steps to remove it. Not cold turkey it, right? A little bit at a time. I'm only going to play, you know, 30 minutes today and, and then do more art, you know, kind of move it over. And then eventually you can get rid of it. it. took me years to get rid of my gaming addiction. So, well, that, that ties in nicely with distraction as well. It's really interesting to see how so many of these uh, types of resistance fit together in similar categories, because you just talked about digital media, which is the ultimate form of distraction. And yeah, I mean, Digital media in general is just horrible. What was it? The book Indistractable by 
near oh near of, y'all yeah 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 one <laughs> one of the quotes or concepts from that book was uh, identifying notifications and just asking yourself is this notification serving me or am i serving it so yeah. notifications from apps like facebook oh no we're gonna have them put a hammer down on us for for dissing them maybe i don't know but <laughs> right, <laughs> these yeah. these giant tech companies that are giving you notifications to interact with them rather than notifications that serve you for instance your own alarms and reminders uh, exactly. i have managed to actually set up my phone so that I only receive the notifications that serve me. I've I've uninstalled so many apps that everybody else that I know uses because they want to stay connected and I want to get disconnected. Go deep, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 be in touch with everything that's happening right away, but go deep into your artwork. That's that's where the that's where the magic happens. Yeah, I'm the same way. I pride myself in only having one page of icons on my phone and nice. really controlling it. You know, using technology as a tool, not being used by it like a tool. That kind of thing. I love that quote. I remember <laughs> who said that? And the next one is the next one's interesting. Timidity. So being timid, right? This kind of goes a lot. This is you know a fear, definitely. Oh look, I got another notification. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. I did. <laughs> I need to control that. That's actually an important notification, right? But anyway, uh, timidity. This goes along with fear and self-doubt, right? You're a bit timid when you're, when you're fearful of your artwork. You know that you can do something that, you know, an image, a sculpture, a dance that could be wildly important and may piss some people off, especially your family, right? So you're timid about it. You're like, yeah, let me cut some corners. Let me not go as far as I can. Well, you know, let me cut back in this way. That's that's timidity. That's never going to get you. I mean, it, it kind of get you to your wildly important purpose. But if you do that forever, mediocrity is where you're going for. In, any famous, rich, um, influential, life-changing, world-changing individual that, that you read about or see, they were not timid. They stood up for something and they um, stirred the pot. They created some outrage. Um, they made a change in the world. And we can do that. I any one of us can do that. I mean, one of my, my biggest heroes, um, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, we just we're celebrating Black History Month right now. You know, he was shot and killed at 36, I believe. With the Civil Rights Movement, he had changed the world before 36. This is ridiculous. I mean, they're just like, oh my gosh. Neil Armstrong landed on the moon when he was 25, 26. He was, I think he was in his early, he was either in his early 30s or late 20s. I can't remember. Can you imagine that? You know, these are not timid individuals. They were going for it. They, they left yeah. fear in the dust. Yeah, they, they had confidence. They developed that confidence, though. So exactly. looking at timidity, it, it seems like if you're too timid, even if you make the work, maybe you're not shipping it, you're not showing it, you're just making it and hiding behind your, your own shyness or lack of confidence. So, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Huge. Which go, actually go with ego. brings us... Yeah. Yeah, that brings us to the next one is, is ego. So confidence is something you earn 
by by trusting yourself to to execute and show up and ship your work ego is something you hide behind it's kind of like the flip side of timidity but it's honestly at the root almost the same thing so timid people are too shy to show their work people with too big of an ego think they're better than the work and and they don't want to to risk their ego by showing it they just they think they're too good (laughs) right i i would like I'm sure I have an ego. I think we all have some amount of ego within us and it's worth it to try to kill your ego, but you're, you're never going to be able to get rid of your ego completely. I don't think it's very (laughs) difficult to get rid of your ego completely. I have yet to do it. I still tie myself up in my art quite a bit. I guess in this sense, we're talking about steps to mitigate it. Yeah. We're talking about extremes, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read this paragraph from um, Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield? It's all about... I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I'm not going to let yeah. Stephen know that we're, we're plagiarizing. Well, we're crediting. Yeah, we totally credit this. This is, this is from page 55 of Turning Pro, and it's just a paragraph from The Amateur is an Egoist. The amateur sees himself uh, as the hero, not only of his own movie, but of the movies of others. He insists in his mind, if nowhere else, that others share this view. The amateur competes with others and believes that he cannot rise unless a competitor falls. If he had the power, the amateur would eat the world, even knowing that doing so would mean his own extinction. So that's what, that's what an, uh, you know, an egoist is. Oh, you know, if you, if you the, say... The zero-sum the, game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Josh, maybe we talked about, we, I know we've talked about this before, but hiding behind style, right? That's, that's ego. Oh, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have talked about that. We'll have to, we'll have to do an entire episode on, on style. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that doesn't look very proportional. Well, that's my style. BS, come no, on. No, that's your lack of ability. <laughs> yeah, work harder. Come on, you got this, you know? You can do it. Every, tons of people have done it before. You all takes this time and effort. So the next one, um, and maybe we should move this along a little bit faster. Holy cow, these are so much fun. But um, the next one is called self-loathing. That's really kind of opposite of ego, isn't it? Right? Like you can never do anything right. Oh, that's oh. terrible again. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is awful. Uh, I'll never be good. I'll, I'll never get it done. You know, this kind of stuff. We need to leave that behind, definitely. And, and understand that you're going to have challenges with, a, with any kind of wildly important purpose. And if you want to get anywhere in life, you have to screw up. You really have to mess up. You have to make mistakes, just like in a movie, right? But when we're making a movie, we're not expecting one take throughout the whole movie. No. There's tons of takes, and then we edit out. I mean, heck, we're probably going to have... 50,000 mistakes in this podcast alone. So get over, you know, stay away from that perfectionism. Always know that you're going to be challenged. There's going to be challenges. Have the hope, have the um, agency to know that you'll get through them, right? Uh, Who was it? Uh, Nicolaides in his book, The Natural Way to Draw. I still reference this all the time. You're going to make 5,000 plus bad drawings before you become a good draftsman. 
So get to work on those 5,000 drawings. Know that they're going to suck. Know that you're not going to start out and two months later you're going to be drawing like, you know, pick some amazing draftsman, right? No, it's going to take the work and don't beat yourself up over it. Have your failed drawings and then look at them, learn from them, keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah that's really about embracing the, the growth mindset as defined by Carol Dweck, you know, like yes. you, you can't hate yourself for your mistakes. You need to learn from them and grow from them. Uh, that's a oh. huge one. Huge, huge. So the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. Wow. It, that is yeah. so pernicious throughout society. And you hear it all over the place where there's this idea that you can only go so far because you're only born with, quote unquote, talent. That's a whole that's, other that's discussion. That's a huge conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful, wonderful conversation. Let's move on to people, the last one. and then I love this one. Uh, so whenever I was starting out in my tattooing career, I was told to be aware or to beware of the crabs in a bucket mentality. And I'm not sure what the source of this is, but it has been an analogy that I've heard brought up repeatedly. So Alaskan fishermen, when they're crabbing, will toss all of their catch in a bucket and the first crabs in the bucket can't get out and as the bucket starts to fill up the crabs at the top of the bucket can get out but the other crabs pull them down will be so violent about it as, as to remove legs from the crabs trying to escape Ouch. and yeah i mean it's extreme but the people in your life may have the same mentality they want to keep you safe, so they try to hold you back into what their idea of safety is. Now, that, it's, it's a really dangerous line, in my opinion, to, to fall into that mentality. If you let people hold you back, you're still letting them do that. Sometimes you have to stand up for yourself and say, no, this is my creative calling. I want to go for it. You right. are acting as as someone who's giving me resistance where I could really use your support instead. So other people, whether they're trying to keep you safe or some, some people may just be jealous or yeah. see you as a threat. People, whether they intend to or not, can hold you back. So, so be very careful of the people you surround yourself with. Exactly. You really are the company you keep. You know, to give some real world examples here is I feel that many individuals stick to certain ideals. And as soon as you try and break out of that ideal, they say, no, that's kind of weird and different, especially in art right now, especially in contemporary art, right? You do anything that's off the cuff, strange, different, and, and you're going to get whipped for it, right? People aren't going to enjoy it. Yeah. A perfect example of this is I love the nude figure. I paint the nude figure. Uh, actually, recently I've been doing a ton of drawings. But the nude and skin is what I enjoy. But my family is like, hey, why you got to do all these nudes? I mean, I see boobs and butts and genitalia all over the place. So you have to follow your wildly important purpose and say, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm getting over the fear of this. I'm not going to be timid about this. This is what I love and this is what I'm going to follow. Or, you know, I have some work in a local uh, gallery or I just submitted some work for a local gallery and I intentionally submitted a bunch of nudes. I never, I never would do that. I'm like, oh, they're not going to want this, this kind of thing. But I said, no, this is my art. I'm going to submit it. Of course, I got an email back saying, yeah, no frontal nudity. <laughs> so 
I did really? change. Yeah, I did change a couple of them because they have kids that go into the gallery and everything. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's that area. But the news that are in there are great. There's no frontal nudity. There's some butts, lots of butts. But uh, yeah, I, I went ahead and moved forward. I got over my fear of actually submitting those, and then and then made it happen. That's societal pressure too. That's something I hadn't really considered. But you know, societal pressure as a whole could also hold you back and that that is people uh exactly. a really strange cultural issue that pops up in the tattooing industry is that everyone who has been established for quite some time sees themselves as more of a gatekeeper where i've tried to flip that on its head and become a talent scout so it goes back to the the infinite game versus the zero sum game I want oh, to get yeah. more players involved, whereas other people are like, I want to control who is involved. And right, exactly. It's just yes. a really weird thing. You know, <sighs> more players equals more fun. <laughs> exactly. Let's all play the game within its constraints. So that was all about resistance. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine parts of resistance as divined by Stephen Pressfield. Figure out your own. How do these match within your life and identify them? Name it to tame it, right? So that you Oof, can get yeah. closer to your wildly important purpose and keep the whirlwind of the world at bay. Yeah, because trust trust us when we say this, as soon as you really commit to do something with with your calling, whatever that may be, it will seem like everything conspires to stop you from achieving it. But if you can recognize those obstacles they become much easier to go over, around, under, you know, you can, you can get through it. And the agency creates some pathways to get through it. We're going to help you out with that yes. on the next one. Right now, we're going to take a small break and we'll be right back with you. Okay, welcome back from that quick break. You can see my cat in the background. I love cats. Ha ha. Yeah. Ha ha. No interest here whatsoever. <laughs> Has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I figured I'd throw it in because I'm having a good day. Anyway. Now, we're, t we're talking about our wildly important purpose versus the whirlwind of the world and how to deal with that, how to stay in your wild important, wild important purpose and deal with all the distractions and craziness and resistance that's out there. And how is the very important thing that we're gonna be talking about right now. We're going to be going through some possible um, practices that you can do yeah. daily yeah. or individually. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really just a few different training exercises basically uh, yeah go for the first one yeah. josh okay the first one's one of my favorites actually and that's meditation it's the first Me thing too. i do in the morning as soon as i flip on the the coffee pot and i sit on the couch nice. uh because my my upper back is shot but i sit on the couch in a, in a very comfortable yet alert position and mm. i meditate usually for about nice. 15 to 20 minutes in the mornings. Same here. So, you know, I've said this to many individuals, especially my family, because when I talk to them about meditation, they think hocus pocus, oh. spiritual kind of nebulous idea. And I used to think the same thing before until I read all the science about it. And let me give you a correlation. If you wanted to be an athlete, or if you wanted to build muscle, or if you wanted to lose weight, Right? If you wanted to physically change your body, what would you have to do? You'd have to train. You would have to right? exercise, yes. 
Uh, oh yeah, the big E. You definitely have to exercise mm. in some way. And we all accept this. Okay, you want bigger muscles? You gotta lift weights. If you want a more focused brain, a brain that can think on the spot, a brain that can come up with words that you remembered months or years ago, you know, quotes, things like that, you train your focus, you train your brain through meditation, just as you would train your muscles to be an athlete. You know what? If I want to show up as an athlete in my art, I don't really need to train the muscles to push a brush around, but I do need to train my brain so that I can deal with forms and colors and all kinds of craziness, you know, the complexity that goes on with that. So Meditation. much visual abstract thinking involved in any kind of art form. So yeah, you, you really need to train your brain to yeah. recognize, remember, process, and execute those those really abstract ideas. Uh, we, we actually had a long discussion about this on a previous attempt at recording this, this episode. Your, your meditation practice, as far as being a regular daily practice, was fairly recent because, if I remember correctly, you didn't quote buy in. I mean, I'm not quoting you. This is like an air quote. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> air quoted misattribution. Right. You didn't. You didn't buy into the spiritual side of things. Is is that right? Yeah, totally. And yeah, you know, it, I felt that oh, if it's some spiritual thing, because my relationship with you know organized religion is 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 a bit rocky right now. I'm, I'm getting. I'm bringing that back into order. But when I saw it as a spiritual act, I thought, how in the heck is that going to help me with? what I want to do, how I want to show up every day. But then when I saw the scientific evidence of how it can help you through everything you do in your life, yeah, I started meditating. And you know what? One thing I want to say about that is, you know, I know the how of habit. I've read Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear, How to Build Habits, you know, BJ Fogg and Tiny Habits, this kind of thing. And you don't start out by going, I'm going to meditate and then sit down for an hour and try and meditate for a whole hour. Oh my. I mean, you would stop within 20 minutes and say, I'm never doing that again. It's painful, right? I started with one minute. Can I sit in one place and just focus on my breath in one minute? It was hard. My brain's going like crazy, all this kind of stuff. And then every 10 days or a month, I would add one minute. Yeah, and then work it up from there. Yeah, I mean, keeping your meditation practice super simple, especially when you're starting, is very important. We don't want to go on too long of a tangent with meditation, though, so I will just leave meditation with with this one last point. It doesn't matter what kind of meditation you do. They're all very beneficial for your brain. So whether it's Vipassana meditation or Transcendental meditation, just picking up a meditation practice will help your brain or, for art. <laughs> or, or if you want to be like uh, with a Mark uh, Mark Divine in the way of the seal or a seal warrior, they they do breathing exercises, basically a meditation. You know, yeah, they do box yeah. breathing. I mean, heck, I did box breathing this morning as my meditation. I mean, I just focus on my breath. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, it, it it doesn't have to be spiritual. It just needs to train you to focus so we're not going to go over every single method we'll leave that to you do your research figure out what works best for you but 
pick up a meditation practice. It's incredibly yeah. helpful. Uh, next up on the list, I wanted to touch on the 25 goals that we mentioned last week. It was, uh, I think we misattributed it, not last week, last episode. Uh, we misattributed it to Stephen Covey, but it was actually Warren Buffett. You know, write down your top 25 huge goals and then prioritize them. Circle the top five, run away from the rest. Uh, because the rest... They're, they're nice to have goals, not need to have goals. Those top five, if you put all of your energy there, you're, you're going to change your life. <laughs> yes. You know, when, when an individual that's worth uh, what, I think he just, well, right here it says 85.6 billion as of December 2021, but I think he's won over 100 billion. When an individual that's worth Oof. that much money tells you to do this practice, I do it. And you know what? It, it goes back to the resistance of distraction. I always have wonderful, awesome ideas. Oh, I could do this kind of painting, this kind of drawing. You know, I could work on this book, this book, but constantly simplifying, figuring out what are my, what are those top 25? What are the top five? Just focus on those. And heck, right now I'm three things, you know, get super wow. focused if you can. That three is super things. focus. Super powerful. It's, it's one of the bigger exercises that's going to take you some time to do, but it's worth the investment of your time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Love it. Okay, the next up on our list is what's important now practice. And this one is so influential in my life. It has changed so many things. Uh, I like to read it as when, W-I-N, what's important now. And if you don't know, well, you probably don't know, you may have heard it during our podcast. You'll hear this kind of watch beep. So every 20 minutes, my phone goes off with this little quick beep beep. And it is usually to get up and move practice that I do. But I also take that time to check in with what's important right now. To keep focused on what I have planned my day to do. Uh, I like what... Um, Peter Drucker says, uh, this is a guy who spent decades studying human behavior within organizations. And he observed, I've been seen, I've seen a great many people who are magnificent at getting the unimportant things done. They have an impressive record of achievement on trivial matters. You know, this goes back to the resistance of distraction. And this is something that we have to check in, not just daily, but multiple times throughout the day, right? You get one thing marked off on your list, ask yourself again, what's important now? Okay, what's the next thing that I can do that's gonna take me closer to my wildly important purpose? Or that I need to just get out of the way so I can get back to what's on my wildly important purpose. You know, this kind of thing. Yeah, I, so, I love Peter Drucker. He's considered one of the fathers of modern management. Another one of my favorite quotes ties in really nicely with this uh, also from peter drucker but there what was it there's there's no bigger waste of resources than doing oh doing efficiently what should not have been done at all so it's the difference yes. between being effective versus being efficient don't waste your time being efficient if you can be more effective on what's important now <laughs> Right, exactly. Like I'm looking in front of me right now, I have a to-do list, right? And it's right next to my major protocol items on my list. So we're all gonna have things throughout the day that we have to do, you know? So I have to get some boxes out of the thing, I have to call my mom, I gotta download some things, I have to figure out a plan for physical therapy, you know, all this kind of stuff. But is that important right now? 
No. Right now is focusing on making the best content for you guys and helping you get in touch with your wildly important purpose. But then if my wife steps in and she says, oh, I'm, I'm about to head out, she's what's the most important right now. So understanding that and each moment checking in what's important right now will keep you onto your wildly important purpose. Yeah, that's great, man. That's so <laughs> this, this actually goes back to meditation by developing the mindfulness exactly. and presence to be able to step outside of you know what you might be doing to see if it's actually what's important. Step oh. in between stimulus and response, definitely. Victor Frankl, yeah. man, search for meaning. All right, you got the next one. All right, our, our, next, our next one is being creative before you're reactive, which it's oh so difficult <laughs> and oh so important to do because most, most people in, in our modern connected society go to sleep staring at their smartphones and then roll out of bed and check their smartphones for, for notifications. Don't do yeah. that. There have been numerous studies and I don't remember the sources, so I'm going to butcher this. We'll add it in the show notes. But there have been numerous studies that show just checking your notifications first thing in the morning impacts your productivity for the rest of the day. Not just for yeah. a few minutes of distraction, but that first check of your email your messages your facebook that that has a huge impact on your productivity for the rest of the day so don't yeah. do that find a way to create before you react to all of the inputs in your life my my personal practice uh, i use an app called freedom that keeps me from being able to access my email mm -hmm. my messages Facebook, any type of social media, like I have myself locked down until 10 a.m. That's five nice. hours after I wake up. There are five hours where I can't respond to messages or email or anything. I, wow. I, I don't have a choice but to, I, I usually do my writing first thing in the morning. And then whenever I come up to my cabin, that's when I do my art. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm cut off. <laughs> that See, that's that's extreme. That's that's the kind of that's that's how far we want to get away from timidity. We want to go all in and make that commitment to our wildly important purpose. Good job, Josh. I can't say oh, that I have. It makes people that. so mad, though. <laughs> <laughs> See, we go back to the resistance of people. Oh, what? I can't get in touch with you every single moment of the day. No, you can't. This is this is my important time to get in touch with what's important to me, which is going to reach my life's goal. This kind of thing. You gotta make time for that, you know? I, I don't shut off everything. Um, my cell phone has never been, you know, one of those things to, to that I, I can't stop looking at for some reason, I don't know. I, I'm not on social media, <laughs> blah, 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 whatever. But in the mornings, I have, I'm one of those guys that does, you know, like I have the same breakfast, I have the same lunch, you know, I repeat. I'm like mechanical, I guess, but in the morning, I don't even look at anything but my protocol and then get on to creative. Unless, because I have a, a, a regular job, unless my job starts a bit earlier that day. And then that's my important thing, where I try to be creative at that first thing in the morning. But I have this gate, you know, this lockdown in the morning where this is what I do. This is my AM bookend uh, that nothing can get into. And usually... It's not because I, I do have do not disturb on my phone and I don't get meta, uh, notifications from anywhere else. It's quiet. I get up super early. I'm up at 345 in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm done with my AM stuff 
by 530, then I start on my creative stuff. So usually no one's even up to bother me. But you love that quiet time. Oh gosh, I love it. Especially, you know, a run or walk in the morning when it's nighttime and there's no one's up. There's a few, maybe one or two cars out there. It's, I feel like I own the world, honestly. It's I know. People look at me so funny whenever I tell them I wake up at five and you're saying you wake up yeah. at 345, but everyone always yeah. looks at me really strange and I'm like, oh, why is that weird? It is the most peaceful time of my day i love it exactly love it talk about getting your creative mind in order and you know what the one of the first things i do in the morning besides i feed the cats get my tea started meditate in that order yes feed the cats tea started well i do some and i actually i journal i get in touch with my wildly important purposes within my artwork within my energy within my love you know this kind of thing and then i meditate you know this and then after that it's all right what's our project that we have planned from the day before this kind of thing but what it takes most to stick with that is we go back to meditation this gets your mind focused you know training your brain so i am not finding myself looking at what emails i have from overnight i'm not looking at text messages i'm not looking at facebook or anything like that no this is my morning i love it and I have the willpower to stay away from all that. Probably the, the one important thing I wanna note here is you pick the best time for you that you know your energy and your mind is at top-notch capacity so that you can create the best, basically. That is really true. I mean, I'm a morning person, you're a morning person. Night owls confuse me, but I do understand mm. that there are some people who do their best work late at night. I'm just definitely not one of them. <laughs> no, Picasso was one of those individuals. I mean, he didn't wake up until around 10 a.m., worked for about six hours, took dinner, and then worked for like four hours more up until like three or four in the morning, and then slept for eight hours, you know, that kind of thing. If it works for you, that, that's what works for you, you know? This is, you know, do what is right for you. But just make sure that you block off that time, and within that time, you're not blowing up your brain with all kinds of like crazy social stuff, so you're not even thinking about the work, you're thinking about whatever uh, else you have to do throughout the day. There's kind of three stages to this. And usually you plan your day out on the day before. That's what I do. But yeah. I put my creative work first. And then you get, you know, blah work. For this, it's, you know, my creative work first. And I have my job or, or something else that I do. And it doesn't, it doesn't need as much energy. And then at the very end of my day, close to the end of my day, this is where I do my to-dos for the day. And what do we call this monkey work? You know, it doesn't take any brain power. I just have to, you know, call this person, do that, do this, or wh whatever you need to do. So creative work your blah work and then monkey work after that yeah so one last point on on structuring your day so that you get the most out of your creative work this does mean that you have to guard your time fiercely whenever yes. you, you set aside that time don't let anything other than a natural disaster or a family emergency <laughs> interrupt that that time or exactly you know, you're, you're just going to lose that time. And time is the most valuable thing we've got. It's non-renewable. Mm -hmm. you, you can't make more time. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so show up with uh, the best focus you can through meditation. Get your energy right. Get that sleep on. And knock it out of the park with your creative work. I, I think that's that's all of that, that house. So that brings us back to the action items. And I want to add one 
to this list because as much as we've talked about it, we didn't think about adding this to the actions that we want want people to to do to get the most out of this episode. And that's do some research mm. on meditation just a little yes. bit. <laughs> Figure out what might work for you and commit to the smallest practice you possibly can because that's going to have a huge impact on your life in general. In addition mm-hmm. to your creative practice, this is massive. I agree 100% that that should be one of the action items. Do some research on meditation. And if you're convinced and if you're so inspired, like I said, start with just one minute. Don't worry that your brain is going to go all over the place. That's what it's supposed to do. Your brain is there to think. It's not about not thinking anymore. It's about recognition. It's about observance. Oh, there's a thought. Let it go. Get back to your breath. You know, coming back to your anchor, whatever that may be. I usually choose my breath. Most people do. Yeah, breath is a good one. Yeah, but there's all kinds of methods. Do the research. Then the next one that we have, um, and that we talked about last episode, was do the 25 goals exercise if you haven't already. Figure out the 25 things that you want to actually accomplish in your life. Circle the top five that are the most meaningful for you. He's like, if I don't do at least these five things in my life, I will be regretful. Then focus on those five things. Let the other ones go. Uh, The next few points are just really some thought exercises. And if you want to answer these questions in the comments, wherever you happen to be consuming this, that would be awesome because the more feedback we can get, the better. So the first question we have for you is, what do you feel distracts you the most throughout the day? And then how can you be more proactive with those distractions? How do you think you could manage those distractions a little bit better? Get in touch, man. One exercise from Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo, love that book, is where you get kind of crazy on your day and you log the time you spend on everything from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. You do it for like several days in a row to figure out where your time goes. And then you don't change your day, but you figure out where your time goes. That gives a wonderful understanding on how much time that you're either wasting or using incorrectly, or that could be transferred into what you want to accomplish, those big five goals. Then the next question, what things in your life are taking time away from your wildly important goal? I kind of just talked about that. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are those things? What's taken away from your wildly important purpose? Let's hope that you define that wildly important purpose and then recognize, wow, yeah, if I wasn't playing that MMO all the time, I could put a lot more time in my art. So, and then how can you remove them or spend less time on them and more time on your wildly important purpose? Again, this is all about habit building. At some point we'll get into that. It's not about going cold turkey on it. It's about cutting out a little at a time. Setting a goal for yourself. Okay, in a year's time, 12 months away, I will be not playing a video game or not checking my cell phone every single five minutes. But for right now, I'm going to cut it back five or ten minutes a day and schedule yeah. it and spend five or ten minutes more on my creative habit. And then it brings us to the last one. So what time of the day do you feel like you have the most creative energy? And then yeah. once you figure that out, which it's going to be different from you than it is for me, than it is from Chris, just figure out when during the day you actually do have the most creative energy and then figure out how you can plan your day around that creative time instead of trying to squeeze that creative time into the rest of your day. Start with the big rocks. Exactly. Oh, that's so important, starting with the big rocks. And one point I would, I would actually add within this, 
I've been doing daily art for over eight years now, and probably about four or five years in, I figured out that my anxiety threshold was so much higher if I didn't do my art earlier in the day, because I was always worried, when am I gonna do it? When am I gonna get my artwork done? I have to get my artwork done. My streak is like a thousand days in a row plus, you know, it was crazy. I don't wanna lose my streak. Then I started moving it to the first thing when I get up, you know, or earlier, and then eventually now it's like one of the first things when I get up, the rest of my day is a breeze because my wildly important purpose, I've made my next step towards it. So when's the best yeah, time the, in your day? The past two days for me have been sort of emergency management mode and I've been squeezing art time in whenever I could and I don't like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. If, if, you, if something interrupts that time, it's so difficult anxious. to have a stress-free day <laughs> yeah exactly i get so anxious I'm like uh, oh gosh when am i going to get in when am i going to get in and this is you know this goes back to your previous you know your day before right if if you plan to be creative first thing in the morning have your materials ready be ready for that day say at 6 a.m i'm going to start on my artwork this is what i'm going to start on this is what i'm going to use for it here's uh the reference i'm going to use know it commit to it and then execute. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's all about reducing friction to get started, which is, again, habit formation. We'll get into that at some point. <laughs> I know. We got so much to talk about. We can help you guys in so many ways. We're here for you. Yeah. Please ask us questions. Ask these questions of yourself and let us know, you know, if we can answer anything for you. What are the big things that we're, you're dealing with in your life? You know, send us some information on whatever platform you're listening to this on. We'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. Definitely. And oh, as, as a quick side note, if you want to leave us a voice message to be played back on this on, on one of our future episodes, you can do that uh, through the anchor.fm link that we will put in the show notes. So you can, you can actually be featured on the show. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would love to hear some that other would, creatives from around the world. That'd me be too. Wonderful. That, would be, that would be awesome. But yeah. I think that's it for today, Chris. That's it else? for this one. Well, let's awesome. Wildly, awesome. wildly important purpose versus the world. You know, you got this. Have that agency. Let's let's move forward. Go out and crush it. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the You Creative Show. It's our mission to empower creatives to improve the world with imagination and good ideas. If you like the work we're trying to do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. If you think this podcast could help someone you know, make sure you share it with your friends. And if you want to follow everything we're doing, make sure you visit youcreative.com and sign up for our newsletter. That's youcreative.com, E-U-C-R-E-A-T-I-V. We really appreciate your support. Now, go out there and be creative.